guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 19. And I got this amazing email the other day from a podcast listener named Ryan. He wanted to let me know that he and his wife, Bethany, have been listening to the show and that they're also getting back into running like they used to before they got married a few years ago. And apparently, so the email tells me they went out for a 10 miler the other day and things didn't really go all that well. Have you guys ever had one of those runs where you just have a tough time or where things don't go as planned? I know I certainly have. And in fact, I just had one of those runs this past weekend. And so it was incredibly timely that I got this email from Ryan. And so, of course, I knew that I wanted to do an episode about this very thing, what to do when you have a less than stellar run or two or more, right? So this run that I had this past weekend was supposed to be 10 miles. And where I live, there's a decent number of trails, but many of them have lots of vertical or hills. And I wanted to do just a longer zone two run, something that was perhaps a little more flat. So in talking to my husband, I mentioned going out and exploring this new section of trail that involved going someplace that I had never been before. And I wasn't like a hundred percent comfortable doing it without like more information about it. And this is actually a section of trail that he has ridden on his mountain bike before as part of a race and just like training in and around this area. So I got up that day, like we had talked about it a little bit and we had kind of game planned like, okay, I think it goes here. And then beyond this point, I think it goes here. So I had a, I had a semi-decent idea of where I would be going. So I got up that day and just decided what the hell I'm going to do it. You know, I like, what's the worst that can happen? I'll just turn around and come back if I don't like it, or if it's not what I wanted in order to get to this trail, I have to do a couple miles on the pavement from my house and then down a little short dirt road before I duck into the woods and follow what, what is literally an old railroad bed. And the tracks and the rails are still intact for the majority of what I ran that day. They're kind of deteriorated, but it's not like a groomed rail trail where they've pulled up all of that stuff and you can kind of, you know, just walk freely. You have to really pay attention to where you're going. So for a good portion of it, I could actually run on the side of the tracks where it was wider and flat and there was ample room. But as I got further and further in, that space kind of dwindled and there were like trees and rocks and all sorts of other stuff that was just making it a lot more difficult than it needed to be. So my goal was just to run out five miles and then turn around and come back. And when I hit the three mile mark, everything was good, right? I had, I had done two miles on the road and then I was about a mile in on the railroad tracks and it was like, day was pretty good. There was nobody out there with me. I mean, I basically, this entire time I saw nobody like throughout my whole run, I basically saw nobody, but we'll get to that in a second. So the last two miles on the out trip were hard because basically I couldn't run because of the the rails and the trees and the slant of the railroad bed. And I, I couldn't get a good walking cadence either because my stride was either too long or too short. And I kept hitting the railroad ties, the boards that go across the tracks in kind of a weird way. So it was, it was really an uncomfortable sort of walk, but I was determined to see this thing through. So 
at one point I got really frustrated and I was starting to second guess my choice to be trying this out by myself, but I was deep into the woods by this point and there wasn't really any other way out, forwards or backwards. Those were my only two options. So I kept going and I popped out on a dirt road that I'm familiar with and one that I could have just circled around and gone home on, but um, I'm stubborn. (laughs) You guys don't know me in real life, but I'm quite stubborn. And in order to do ultras, you have to be like also a a little stubborn on top of that. So (laughs) I kept going. Plus, I wanted to see um, what the last mile on the tracks was going to be like. I wanted to see where I would end up. And it was this last mile that was really, really hard. The track got narrow to the point where I I had to walk between the rails. There was no space on the left or the right. As I mentioned before, the ties were spaced funny so that I couldn't get astride. There was lots of debris and trees and sticks and all sorts of stuff. And it was basically frustrating. (laughs) That's putting it mildly. Like that's, it's mild, but that's the best way I can describe it. It was just so frustrating. Um, and in the middle of that mile, I actually ended up in someone's backyard, (laughs) like just this random house that backs up to the railroad tracks. And my fear on these backwoods runs is dogs. (laughs) I love dogs have dogs, have always had dogs, but I've had some pretty hairy run-ins no pun intended, with dogs while I've been out running. So the first thing I thought was, oh, this is perfect. I'll just roll up on this house (laughs) and there'll be some random dog just chilling in his own backyard. And here I come walking in off the railroad tracks and I'll spook him and he'll bite me. But luckily that wasn't the case. Sometimes I make up these stories, like I I project these possible scenarios so that I'm prepared for them, but then it never really comes true, which I guess is like the best case scenario. So I just made my way past there quickly. And once I got past that house, I kind of started to have this feeling of this sucks. <laughs> and I don't know what brought it on, but it just started to come out. And that's that's the time when I started to I actually pulled out my phone and opened up the maps app so that I could like see where I was headed. And I could have done this earlier. Yes, I could have kind of mapped out the entire route beforehand, but there's some part of me that kind of likes the exploration part. And so I wanted to know where I would pop up next. And uh, luckily, I saw that I was coming to another dirt road that I have run before. So I was familiar with that neighborhood. And so it looked like I was going to intersect that road. And I decided to just stick it out for like a little over a half a mile to get to that road. And then I would just run back on the dirt and paved roads to finish out my run. And luckily, it was going to be just the right length to give me the 10 miles that I needed for that day. So once I hit the dirt road... Remember before I said like I had this wash of like this sucks. I hit the dirt road and then I had immediately this wash of relief because, you know, I was back on familiar ground in a place that I knew. I knew the route home. I didn't have to like guess, you know, I wasn't worried about my surroundings anymore. So even then, 
even though I had this like feeling of relief, I still wasn't feeling awesome about my run. I had to, I had a tough time keeping my heart rate where I, where I wanted it. There were a lot of walk run transitions, like stopping and starting and stopping and starting. And it was pretty annoying since I can usually get into a good flow of jogging and keeping my heart rate down in zone two, which is what I wanted. And so even though I felt relief the whole way home, I had like this little dark cloud following me. <laughs> like I was just thinking this run was not the easy, carefree 10 miler that I had hoped it would be. And when I was within striking distance of my house, about two miles out, like that same place where I ducked into the woods at the very beginning, I have to cross a pretty busy road and I got to the other side of that road and my hip started to act up. Now, this is something that hasn't happened to me in a long time. And for those of you that have been following me, you know that this is something that I struggled with for years, this right hip sciatic pain. So needless to say, when it started aching, I was not happy. I slowed myself way down to a walk and just tried to manage. It wasn't really pain. It was more discomfort, just kind of this deep joint discomfort. At least that's how it always starts. So I know now from years of experience with it that I just need to take everything down a notch um, and not try to push too hard when it starts. So I walked home. And honestly, I was a little emotional about it because in the moment I got caught up in this thought loop of what if it comes back? What if I've done all this work to get rid of this literal pain in my ass and it comes back again and prevents me from doing all the things that I have lined up and set out to do? So this is kind of, you know, I talked about limiting beliefs in the last episode and this is This is kind of the start of it. Like you can get caught up in these thought loops and it can be hard to get yourself out, even though at the time, like rational me, if you like kind of extract yourself from the situation, think about yourself in the third person, rational me knew that this was just an in the moment thought that that probably or most likely was not going to be the case that my hip pain was going to come back, but I couldn't help but let my brain kind of go there for a hot second because there is always the chance, right? Like I'm not going to deny Occam's razor, right? Simplest choice. So in that moment, I actually took out my phone and recorded a video of myself talking about how I felt and what was going on. I haven't posted it, but I might throw it up on my feed so that you can kind of see what that looks like in real time, like the thought loop, the guessing, you know, the worry happening in real time. So I made it home, walked the two miles. I haven't looked at, I haven't even looked at the data from that walk slash run because I'm not going to be happy about it because it wasn't what I really wanted, but I still got it done. So those last two miles were definitely the slowest miles I have done in a while. I opened the door, stepped inside, and I have this thing that I do when runs don't go my way. I immediately strip down and get into a super hot shower. And this is something that helps me to reset my mind. I just get in there and let the water wash over me. And it's honestly where I do some of my best thinking. So I just spent maybe like five minutes in there letting the water blast me. And honestly, it's it's not often that I have a run like that where 
just everything seems to be a challenge. But sometimes I think we need them. I will fully admit they're not fun, but I think that they teach us a lot about ourselves. It's easy to be a runner when everything is going your way, when the runs are effortless, there are no hills, you have no wardrobe malfunctions, your stomach is like cast iron and nothing can bother it. That's easy. It's a lot harder to fight through and overcome those tough runs where your route isn't exactly how you planned. You have to walk a lot. You, your pace isn't where you want it. You have a wardrobe malfunction, like your t-shirt is rubbing you wrong, or your socks are sliding down, or your stomach is really bothering you, like you didn't eat enough, or you forgot your food. Like there are so many things that, so many variables that go into every single run I think it's it's a tr- more true measure of a runner that can kind of fight through and overcome those tough runs despite what gets thrown in front of them. And if we're kind of talking about things on a scale of tough, what I just described to you, that run was basically nothing, right? It came at the end of an up week for me, so I was tired and worn out, and then adding on to it the new root and the hip stuff, like... I mean, it wasn't really that hard in the grand scheme of things, but it made it tough for me personally, having all of those things kind of layered on. And quite honestly, I was probably overtired. I probably should have dialed back on those miles or just decided at the onset that I was going to do a walk versus a run. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But I'm telling you this story because I think it's important to understand that not every run is going to be awesome. In fact, a lot of them might be like what I've just described to you. I mean, ideally, you wouldn't end up with that level of discomfort that I had in my hip on a regular basis. And if you do, I want to just say right now that you need to go get it checked out. But you're going to have days when you don't feel like running, when you're tired, you don't know where to run, like what route you want to take. Um, You're going to feel like it wouldn't make any difference if you ran or not, right? You kind of get into this negative mindset of you. maybe you feel like you're not making any progress. So what have the last weeks or months been for anyway? I can't even do this. Like you can kind of see how some of these factors, one little tiny factor on top of the other compounded might start to kind of push you into this, you know, limiting belief or negative mindset. And trust me, I, I totally get it. But What helps me to think about this or reframe it is that you can't have the highs without the lows. And more importantly, (laughs) you can't appreciate the highs without the lows. If all of your training is just kind of blah, you don't know the difference between high and low. So sometimes you really do have to push it and go up or down um, to, to understand what's the middle ground. So... This morning I went out, I'm recording this on Tuesday, and that 10 miler was just this past Sunday. And I did five miles in zone two, and it was like that 10 miler never even happened. My hip is fine. It didn't bother me. Um, it's all good. So it's like everything is fine right now. But that crappy run happened. And instead of just throwing my hands up and cursing it and my body and then like deciding I'm done, like I can't do this anymore... Instead of doing that, I've learned that I'm going to have to fight through days like that if I want to get to my goals. And it's part of the training process to have rough days like that. So if you've had a rough 
run or maybe you've strung together a couple days of this or maybe you just feel like you're kind of in this rut, right? There's a couple things that you can try to help move you forward. And I talked a little bit about kind of this process, but I want to kind of bullet point it for you here to kind of reframe it so that you can work on this and then continue to make forward progress. So the first thing is it's just one day. Sometimes it really helps me to put that crappy training day into the context of the big picture training plan. It's just one day of many that it takes to train for your goal race. It's not the be all end all. And just because you have a shitty run does not mean that you can't do it or that your training isn't working. Like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's just one day, right? So that's the first thing, which I know is hard to do when you're in the moment. But if you have even the slightest glimmer of this thought when it's happening, it sets you up for a more positive outcome on the other end. So the second part is do something to take your mind off of it. Um, I told you my go-to is a hot shower or some food. Um, And actually, truth be told, I didn't bring anything and didn't eat anything while I was out there for the two plus hours that I was. So if I had, I might've felt differently. Like my, my blood sugar was probably pretty low and that was having an effect on me. So when you get home, don't dwell on what happened endlessly. Do something that makes you happy, that takes your mind off of it. And then if you want to go back and think about it and process it objectively, do it a couple hours later. So I mentioned that video that I took while I was walking home, I knew that I wanted to document what I was thinking and feeling in the moment, but I didn't post it right away because I knew that I was just too close to it, that it was still a sore subject. Um, I knew I wanted time to process it. And now I feel differently about it. Like the caption that I would have written and the things I would have said about that video then are wildly different than what I will say about them now. Um, And it just goes to prove that sometimes we're just too emotional about it in the moment to make any sort of rational decision about what it means or what to do or what our next steps should be. So that's why I always suggest that you do something else before sitting down to think about that particular run or workout um, and make any decisions. And then lastly, just list out what you learned. And I think this is a big one. It's something that I talk about a lot with my one-on-one clients and the runners in the Run Farther Faster Stronger group. You've got to be able to walk away from whatever it is, having learned something. So every walk, every run, every strength workout, every mobility session, every time you do something, it's an opportunity to learn. So it's a chance to improve or make a tweak to something that will set you up for success um, down the line or on race day or whatever you're training for. So if I think about that for myself, what did I learn from my run the other day? Well, the first thing was I learned that that route isn't going to be a viable one for me unless I just want to go for a long walk. It's just, it's not a running route that I will probably take again. Um, I learned that <laughs> slacking on bringing food isn't a good idea. Like, I, I mean, I knew this already, but I got lazy, plain and simple, and just didn't bring anything. I just had my water. I, I probably had an extra pack of chews, like scratch chews, but I just, I didn't do anything with them. So that was on me, right? Plain and simple. I got lazy, got complacent, didn't do anything. 
Um, I also learned that I just need to pay close attention to my hip on those up weeks because there's a chance that it could get more aggravated if I'm not staying ahead of it in terms of my strength and my mobility and all the things that I know that I should be doing, the things that took away that hip pain from me, the things that have kept me pain-free. So those are all things that I'm going to keep track of in the back of my mind for the future. There are lessons that I learned, and yes, some of them I have to learn more than once, but if I just ended that run got pissed about it and then let that carry over into the rest of my day and the rest of my training, it wouldn't be productive. And actually it would probably make me not want to keep going like that cumulative effect, that compound effect of having just this negative outlook, negative experience would probably leave me not wanting to do any more training. Right. So I hope that was helpful for you. I like to share these types of things because often you only hear about the high highs or the low lows, like, you know, people crushing their goals or really bottoming out like DNFing or, you know, just the two extremes. But there's actually going to be a lot of this middle ground of like, meh, right? This kind of training that if we don't acknowledge it and actively engage with it and learn from it, that's going to be a lot of wasted time and effort. And I see a lot of people that kind of just roll through training day after day after day and you talk to them and they're like, yeah, it was okay. Like there's no, there's no high, high and there's no low, low. And at the same time, they're not, they keep showing up and doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result, which we all know is the definition of insanity. And then they get to race day and they're like, I don't know what happened. (laughs) I know exactly what happened. (laughs) Like you didn't, you wasted time and effort by not engaging with the process. So that's why I'm kind of bringing all of this to the forefront and why I was so excited to get Ryan's email and to piggyback that with off of my personal experience and just kind of talk about it because it is super common to have a crappy running day don't freak out. (laughs) Try those things that I mentioned. Reframe it by reminding yourself it's just one day in the big picture or grand scheme of your training and your life as well. Like like it's not the be all end all. Do something to take your mind off of it, whatever your thing might be. Mine was a hot shower and some food. Sometimes you might just like hang out with your friends or your family or snuggle your dog, (laughs) like whatever it is. And then later on, when you've had some time and some separation, list out what you learned. Okay. So like think back objectively, try to remove the emotion from the situation and list out what you learned. Just like I said, you know, like that route is not going to be viable. I slacked on bringing my food and I need to pay more close attention to my hip. Okay. Sound good? So give those a try the next time you have a crappy run day or you're just starting to feel like all of your training days are blending together. Dig deep into the data, but also into how you're feeling to try to extract some learning lessons that you can use to push you forward, right? So give those a try and let me know how it goes. So before I end this show, I want to take a hot second to talk about two things really quickly. First, remember that couple that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Ryan and Bethany? Well, it was Bethany's birthday this past Wednesday. So I want to wish her a fabulous 30th birthday. You can't see me. I'm doing a little happy birthday dance over here. (laughs) 
And second, you guys have heard me talk about the Run Farther Faster Stronger group in some previous episodes. We've mentioned that they exist and some of the work that we've been doing together. Um, And over the course of the last 10 weeks, we've really been working to integrate strength and mobility into their run training plans. Um, And I'm not going to lie, we've been having such a good time, you guys. I I post about it a lot. I talk about them a lot because they're just a kick-ass group of runners. So much so, in fact, that we've decided to do a level two group. And I'm opening up a few spots to any of you guys that want to come and join us. So you can apply to the program and I'll put the link down in the show notes. It's just like a really simple Google form that gives me a little bit of information about you and your running to help me decide who's going to be the best fit for the program. And I just also want to reiterate, you do not have to be an ultra runner to apply. We've got runners of all ages and all abilities. Some are just coming back to running after time off or away from running. Um, Some are training for half marathons or marathons. There are definitely a few that are doing ultras and stage races. So you can kind of see we've got a pretty... pretty wildly diverse and kind of amazing group. And that's really what I've tried to pull together is it just a diverse group of men and women that want to see how far they can go personally. It's not about distance. It's about setting big, scary goals for yourself and then getting down to business checking them off the list. So so yeah, that's a little bit about the group. Um, in this next session of the program, we're going to go through eight weeks of strength and mobility training that's designed to help you go as far and as fast as you want, all while kind of ensuring that you're going to stay strong enough to get across the finish line happy and in one piece. You guys have heard me say that before, but I feel like that is the hallmark of a good race that you get across the line, you're happy and you're in one piece. So if that sounds like just the thing you need or you want in your life, follow the link in the show notes and apply. Okay, you guys enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon.